Hello and welcome to episode 16 of When Life Gives You Lemons, Go Vegan. This podcast celebrates and shares people's incredible stories of recovery after making the transition to a low-fat, whole-food, vegan lifestyle, and I'm your host, Corinne Nidja. This week's episode is pretty darn awesome, if I do say so myself. I was lucky enough to interview Andrew Spudfit Taylor, who shared his incredible story overcoming food addiction by eating nothing but potatoes for 12 whole months. Oh my gosh. I don't want to give too much away, so just listen and be amazed by his story because I know that food addiction affects so many of us to varying degrees. Enjoy. Okay, Andrew, we're live talking now and I'm super excited for this interview. Um, So I just want you to kind of say g'day and then just introduce yourself and start with your story because your story is epic. Yeah, no worries. So... My name's Andrew Taylor. Uh, I'm from spudfit.com. My story was uh, pretty crazy viral last year and a little bit this year a couple of times as well because um, I was clinically depressed and anxious and, uh, and severely obese and uh, life, was, life was going down the toilet slowly or, or quickly. <laughs> and anyway, I figured out one day that, um, yeah, to cut a long story short, that I... Uh, that you know, my problems with being able to stick to all the millions of diets that I tried, and uh, you know, losing weight, putting it back on, and all of that that most people do—the yo-yo dieting thing—I figured out that my problem was a food addiction issue. And so, the logical conclusion of that was that you know, if, a, if an alcoholic should quit alcohol, and a drug addict should quit drugs, a gambling addict should quit gambling etc etc then it's made sense to me that a food addict should quit food obviously you can't quit food entirely so i I figured that i could try to get as close as possible and that was to quit all foods except one i did a lot of research and potatoes came up to be the obvious choice so i did it I, i did an experiment to see if it would help and i quit all food except potatoes for all of 2016 and um yeah, that was that was my spud fit challenge, and uh, it totally changed my life. <laughs> it's just amazing. So you, I'm just going to backtrack because you said potatoes. That's obvious, and for a lot of people, that would not be obvious. <laughs> well, yeah, well, it wasn't obvious to me in the beginning, but once I've once I had spent six weeks reading, uh, you know, published peer reviewed literature and watching online lectures and reading books and just getting right into the data and the science of it all. Yeah, there really was no other food that could compete with potatoes for, from a theoretical point of view that uh, potatoes was going to be the best choice. They, they, potatoes had the most uh, evidence behind them as far as um, nutrition science goes, but also uh, from a historical point of view. There are plenty of people, as I'm sure you can imagine, have suggested to me that it would have been better off with this food or that food or whatever. But in the end, there was no food that could compete with potatoes. There were foods that could compete theoretically, you know, perhaps this food would be better. But from a historical point of view, potatoes have sustained entire civilizations for extended periods of time and no other food can claim that um you know you think of the irish population surviving for a couple of centuries on almost only potatoes and you can think of um you know to this day there are still tribes in the papua new guinean highlanders that eat almost only sweet potatoes you can go right back to the incas who lived off mostly potatoes and then you can go to okinawa in japan where they have the the biggest uh, rate of centenarians in the world and they get upwards of 95% of their calories traditionally come from sweet potatoes so different cultures and civilizations during war times and yeah it's just it's endless the evidence that goes towards um, backing up the idea that people can live off only potatoes because it's been done so many times and there's no other food that you can really say that about so yeah it was the obvious choice. So you you did this for a, to break food, food addiction, and I think so many people who are who might be listening to this podcast or who might know someone who this information could really benefit. Because I think a lot of society are, are unknowingly or or knowingly addicted to food and the food ty- the food type substances that we're eating. Yeah, totally. 
I think of I think a food addiction is a big um, unspoken about thing that you know everyone who's overweight or obese like I was everyone pretty much knows that you shouldn't eat ice cream or chocolate cake right everyone knows that so and they know that when they put it in their mouth they're eating something that they shouldn't be eating and they know that it's making them fatter and sicker they know that there are some points that we can argue on you know, paleo people have a different idea of health to um, whole food plant-based people, but we can all agree that you shouldn't be eating ice cream and chocolate cake. But as obese people, we do that anyway, even though we know it's wrong. So why are we doing that? Like, why would you do something that you know is harming you and you know full well that it's a bad idea and you do it anyway? Why would you do that? And my only answer that I can come up with for that is addiction. You're, you're doing it because you're addicted to it. So... Yeah, if anyone knows another reason, then feel free. But <laughs> Can I ask you, what was your diet like before the challenge? Well, I've been, I've been vegan for, in, to, at the end of January, it'll be 10 years that I've been vegan. So that was an ethical choice, obviously. So, you know, I was, well, we don't need to go into it, but that was an ethical choice to be vegan. And um, back to the chocolate cake and ice cream, there's... You know, vegan ice cream is probably healthier than non... Well, I'd say it is healthier than non-vegan ice cream, but that doesn't make it healthy, you know? It's just... that's You're choosing the lesser of two evils. So, yeah, I was vegan, but I was I was still uh, eating a lot of junk food. All the, all the junk food that you can think of that's not vegan, I was eating the vegan versions of that. If I wasn't vegan, maybe I would have been another 30 kilos heavier, but, yeah, <laughs> I was still way too much way too big so were you eating lots of like fake meats and chips and oreos and all those doritos and those types of things yeah i was eating all those things i was eating yeah i loved cookies and um you know uh what do you call them a brownie i see i'm forgetting the names of the things i used to eat now it's so long but yeah brownies i used to love and pizza and um yeah just burgers just pretty typical stuff just typical typical of um pretty much anyone who's overweight just whatever you know the typical overweight person eats so i was eating that but with the word vegan in front of it <laughs> <laughs> got it got it got it and i think that that's also helpful for people to hear because people think well they may think that if you're vegan you're super healthy and that's just not the <laughs> that's just not the case you can be vegan you can be vegan for the animals and still chow down on doritos and oreos and brownies and <laughs> Well, like I said, I, I think I was most likely I was healthier than I would have been if I was not vegan. But again, that doesn't mean I was healthy. I was just, yeah, I was not as bad as I could have been. That's all. <laughs> yeah. And so can I ask, firstly, how did your family and what are the family and friends? You know, you've got a partner now. What do they think when you said, I'm just going to eat potatoes for a year? Well, the only person I told was, uh, I told two people was my wife and my sister and they were both really understanding and supportive and they were really, really good. I, I made sure that I explained everything to them fully and told them about my thoughts on food addiction and, um, you know, it just explained fully my entire reasoning and really, you know, it's just logic. There's, I don't know, if you really sit down and think about it and, um, and listen to the, my reasoning behind it, then there's not really a, a good argument for not doing it so not that they would have argued they were very supportive but other than those two I in the beginning I didn't really tell anyone I really kept it to myself and really uh, my friends and family started finding out when it all went viral <laughs> that was about it yeah <laughs> one of the things I wanted to say people will be listening and they might say oh surely you know just calorie restricting would have been fine or maybe he should have tried this or that or that but what did you try? This is quite an extreme, extreme way of dieting and breaking an addiction. What did you try prior to? Because people might think, oh, you know, maybe he didn't try this. What did you try? Oh, you name it. I don't think there's anything that I haven't tried. Before I was vegan, I tried paleo and low-carb Atkins and all that. And I remember trying um, the soup diet and smoothies. And I'd, I've done a 43-day juice fast. And um, that was, I've done... Um, yeah, and, and then after uh, – that's not all before I was vegan, by the way. I'm getting out of order here. But, you know, then after I went vegan, I, I tried vegan paleo as well. Believe it or not, that's a thing. And, I, you know, I've, I've just – I've 
yeah, keto. Uh, I've yeah, I've tried everything. I've and I had previously tried whole food, plant based diet as well. Everything I tried, I just wasn't able to stick to. I would do, you know, a month or or um, a couple of weeks or something, and do really well for a little while, and I would lose weight, and things would be going good, and and then one way or another, the weight would all come back on, plus a bit more, and then I would try something else, and same with story, just rinse and repeat. It would just go over and over, and yeah, this I hear lots of people saying I would have been better off doing this or better off doing that, and the truth is I've pretty much tried everything that people have suggested. So, you know, the thing was... This, like I said, this was not about weight loss. So, you know, I've been told that about calorie restriction as well, and I wasn't interested in weight loss. I've tried weight losing weight a thousand times before, and I'd always done it and then put it back on. So this time I was not interested in losing weight. So why would I restrict calories when I'm not trying to lose weight? That doesn't make any sense. So my my idea was not to was to. In the past, I'd always focused on weight. The, my, the numbers on the scales was the thing that was important. And this time, I didn't care about the numbers on the scales. I was really made a point of saying to myself every day that what I weigh does not matter. What I, what I weigh is not the issue here. All I need to do is stick with eating potatoes. And that's it. If I, stick with, if I get through a whole day of eating potatoes, that's success. If I get through to the end of the first week, that's success. If I, you know... Every meal that I have that's only potatoes is, is a success. And if I can keep going through to the end of the year, then that, that is the ultimate success. And whatever happens outside that, was, that's just whatever would happen. And yeah, I wasn't interested in anything else other than just making sure I ate potatoes and that's that. I was going to ask you how, because you'd been through so many, you know, up and down yo-yo diet kind of things, I was going to ask when you started this, did you think this will be another thing that I will not stick not stick with, or it won't go well for me? Or did you just did you really have like a strong I'm gonna do this. This is this is something that I'm gonna be able to achieve. I just thought of another bit I should have added to my last answer, but but I was just thinking uh, a good way to think about what I was talking about with if I eat potatoes, then it's a success. Uh, again, it goes back to the addiction thing of if you're an alcoholic. It doesn't matter what you weigh or anything like that. When you're trying to quit alcohol, the only thing that matters is, did I drink alcohol? If you can say no, then it's a success. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And so my, I really, I was trying to treat my food addiction in as close as possible to the same way as other addictions. So, you know, and since an alcoholic only has one focus, don't drink alcohol, I wanted that to be the same for me. I only had one focus, just eat potatoes, and that's it. Everything else was you know, irrelevant. Anyway, to get back to your next question was, um, yeah, I did. I, I did. I was worried. I was scared and I, I didn't, I thought in the beginning that, um, yeah, a year of eating only potatoes is too hard. That's just like, it's crazy. I can't do that. And, you know, I've not been able to stick to anything else before in my life. So what the hell makes me think I'd be able to do this? It was like, it was a stupid and ridiculous idea. But at the same time, there was a a little part of me that was like, I just have to give this a try because it just makes so much sense to me that I have to quit food. It just makes sense. And, you know, it's so logical. And I've never felt that way about anything else I'd ever tried, that everything else was like I was doing it with hope and that was it. And But this one, it just made so much logical sense to me that this was, if I could make it work, then it was going to change my life. But at the same time, I, I thought I probably wouldn't be able to make it work. So, yeah, but I wanted to give it a try because, you know, I just knew that if, if, I could, if I could get through a year of eating only potatoes, I just knew that I didn't know exactly how or why, but I knew that my life would be different. And, and I, was, I was battling with clinical depression and anxiety and, you know, being obese, like I said, and you know, my life was in all sorts of trouble. And I just knew that if I could do this, life would be different. And, I would, I would be happy if life was, well, maybe not happy. I didn't know if I'd be happy, but, you know, different was a, a goal worth pursuing. Yeah, 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 <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I gave it a try. And, um, and really the biggest change in my whole life came during that uh, period of contemplation where, um, where I was fearful of what would happen and worried about, you know, am I strong enough? Am I good enough? Am I going to, do I have the willpower? Blah, 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 all of that. And one day I just... I just 
had this thought to myself that really, if I, if this doesn't work, you know, I was all these questions, what's going to happen if it doesn't work? Well, I, I suddenly understood that I already know what's going to happen and if it doesn't work. And that is, I'll just go back to living my life the way I currently was, you know. It's just, there's no big deal. Like, I wasn't happy, but I already know the answer. If it doesn't work, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing right now. So what's the big deal? And then, and then I started thinking about the other side of the question, and that was something I'd never contemplated before on anything, was what if I succeed? And I was like, huh, if I can do it, there's all these you know, a million possibilities of what could happen. I didn't really know what would happen. But to contemplate the idea of what if I succeed was just a question that was much more worth pondering. It gave me a positive outlook of all these different ideas. And in the end, nothing I imagined happened. It was way better than anything I imagined. <laughs> but, but, you know, that little simple change in mindset that anytime I, I found myself thinking, oh, what if I fail? What if I'm not good enough? Blah, blah, blah. I didn't like, I didn't think I'm not allowed to think those things anymore. I gave myself permission to think those things, but I also made myself think about the other side of the argument. What if I succeed? And um, yeah, that really, really changed things for me. I think that was the biggest moment in the whole challenge. And that was before it even started. So can I ask from there, when you did start, how soon did you start to feel different, even mentally, physically, emotionally? Like, how, how soon did you start to feel like, okay, this is, this is something, this is something good? Well, at the end of it, I know I, I said the weight doesn't matter. And uh, now this is something that changed that. And it, and it didn't matter. I still tried to keep it. But the first week was the first two weeks were really really hard the, the first week especially was really really hard i had digestive issues with adjusting to the new diet and i i was angry all the time because when uh, you have a bad day and you want to have ice cream to help make you feel better but i didn't i couldn't do that so, and i didn't know how to deal with my emotions so that was that was hard but at the end of the first week um i got on the scales and i weighed myself and i'd lost seven kilos which is like 14, 15 pounds or something like that and um, for, for people listening in, in the US. But I was like, what the hell? Because I didn't, I didn't think I would lose. I thought I would probably lose a bit of weight, but I didn't think I'd lose that much. And yeah, that just blew my mind. And that made me think, what? Um, now this is a weight loss thing as well. What the hell is going on? And so that was, I didn't really feel different then, but it was an indication that things were changing. But I, yeah, like I said, I still kept my focus on what I was doing. But then at the end of the second week was really when it started to get easy. It was just really, yeah, I was into the rhythm and everything was good and I was started feeling like my emotions had leveled out a bit and um, I noticed because I was in, like I said, I was in a deep, dark hole before I started this and I remember at the end of the second week thinking, yesterday was not a bad day. Like, you know, every day was a bad day until then but then I think yesterday was not a bad day and today I'm feeling okay as well. I don't normally have two good days in a row. <laughs> What's going on here? And um, But it was not a big deal. It was just like I remember noticing that. And then after about a month, it was like, you know, I wouldn't say depression was lifted or anything. But after a month, it was like I've had like three or four good days in a row. And then after a couple of months, I was like, I've had two good weeks. You know, <laughs> what's going on here? And um and yeah, I didn't expect any change in my depression or anxiety from doing this either. It was just purely about the addiction side of things. But yeah, that, that was the biggest change for me, just in my mindset, yeah. And so by the end of the challenge, I haven't told anyone, I'll, I'm probably, I won't mention it in the, pre, the intro that I'll do, but by the end of it, how much weight had you lost? And how, yeah, and how were you feeling overall? Okay, yeah, by the end of the year, I had lost 52, I think it was 52 kilos or maybe 53. I think it was, maybe it was 53. I've forgotten now, but yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> but huge lots, anyway. either way. That's massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pushing up to 120 pounds, yeah. So, yeah, that was pretty big and, and especially since it was not my goal, you know. I just, I, I, my, my goal was different to that but yeah of course I'm not complaining about that that was a an absolute huge bonus yeah mentally I, I feel depression anxiety is not a problem anymore you know I still 
have bad days, but everyone has bad days. Like the happiest person on earth has a bad day from time to time. And, and I, I'm no different to that, but I don't, it's totally different to what I used to be. Like I was, I, I used to be just walk around feeling numb and hopeless and yeah, it was, it's, I feel it's just night and day. It's totally different. So yeah, life's good. That's so important. I think because depression and anxiety are like this podcast, you know, we've had heart disease and Crohn's disease and multiple sclerosis and, you know, cancer. And I think depression and anxiety, people tend to think, oh, you know, whatever, everyone's depressed, but there's not everyone is feeling, everyone has bad days and good days. Everyone feels a bit of anxiety sometimes, but what you're talking about is it's like debilitating, fairly, it sounds fairly debilitating. Oh, yeah. Depression. This is, this it's is not, not just you're a bit sad, <laughs> you know, like you're, so it's a massive impact on your life. I was at the point where every day, at some point during the day, every single day, I would, and at the time I didn't really understand why it seemed to come without warning and without reason, but I would find a point of time where I would need to sneak off somewhere to be on my own and cry because it was just, I felt like a, I felt like I was totally emotionless rather than feeling sad all the time. I just felt like I didn't have emotion. I was just numb. And then for someone that felt numb and emotionless to be then crying, that was a confusing thing. They're like, why am I crying? I don't feel anything. <laughs> but um, yeah, I shouldn't laugh about it, I suppose. No, but no. It's just weird, you know. Yeah. It just felt really, it was, anyway, yeah, that was, that was a, that was a hard time and um, and, it, and it was totally hopeless and then normal people on bad days I don't think find themselves hiding in toilets crying and things like that like you know and normal people don't find themselves um, you know having panic attacks and anxiety attacks where you can't breathe and you can't talk and you're totally covered in sweat from head to toe and you know it's just this is not normal levels of anxiety and sadness and whatever, yeah. <laughs> but none of that happens anymore and, you know, it's a happy ending. So cheer up, everybody. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not supposed to be a, a you know, not to drag the tone down, but I think that people, that's, that's a great message. You know, you can focus on the potatoes, make it, like you said, the, the weight loss is great, but there'll be people who are listening who will say, you know what, I feel this heaviness and I didn't know a plant-based diet like a you know like a whole food diet like what you're eating could help with depression do you know what I mean like it, it, there's people that your message even though it's not party 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 fun <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna be like I don't feel very party fun and I'm really glad to hear that maybe something like this may help lift that horrible dark cloud off my sh- shoulders uh, absolutely and I didn't I didn't know that it could help either this was not I. I was totally out of ideas as to what to do with my depression and anxiety. I'd tried everything on that as well. And I was at the point where I felt like there's, uh, I'm out of ideas. There's nothing I can do about that. I'm stuck with being depressed for my life. That's just the way my life is. And I'm going to have to accept that. And something I hope I can do something about, sorry, is, is my food addiction. So I was just focused on the food addiction. I was, and I was happy to settle into that and try to deal with that and, and then, yeah, uh, that weight loss and my mental health were um, unintended but awesome um, byproducts, yeah. <laughs> I always say, because people often, my background is multiple sclerosis, obviously, but people always say, you know, oh, but what if you got sick with MS tomorrow? And I always think, but I got, you know, I was depressed and I'm no longer depressed. So, you know, I was overweight, I'm no longer overweight, I was chronically constipated. I had all these different ailments and in chronic pain, even if I have a relapse of MS tomorrow, I've still had so many wins. I'm not going <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Yeah, yeah. Accidental byproduct wins, like you say, but you know, like well I'm happy either way. I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything. Yeah, of course. Why would you go back to all that other stuff, you know? <laughs> it's just a it's a weird weird thought. And you know, it's a similar thing like uh, people often ask me, I guess it's a similar thing anyway, it feels similar to me, but people often say, well, you're over your food addiction now and you know, why don't you just have a cake every now and then, you know, why don't you do that? And I'm like, why would I do that? Like, <laughs> you know, okay, I'm not addicted to cake anymore. It's not like a, 
a massive um, thing that takes up every waking moment thinking about cake. But but if I eat that, then I have to also, you know, then it's going to start doing bad things to my body. And, you know, I like the way my body works now. It's, you know, things are different. I don't want to just go and eat crap food just because there's a chance that I might not start dominating my life like it used to. I just, I don't want that stuff. <laughs> I just... I'm I'm happy with good healthy food now, and yeah, you know, I just it's it's the way, you know. I just don't want all the all the negatives that come with that. Exactly, exactly. So I was going to ask you, you know, you you were ma- married, part- partnered, whatever. But when you went on the on the challenge, did your partner go on the challenge with you, or did she? No, no, no. She's. We were both, like I said in the beginning, vegan. We both went vegan at the same time. And so she was vegan the whole time I was vegan. But she was much better at it than me. So, <laughs> yeah, she she was much better at eating healthy than me. And so she she didn't have the problems that I had. She, she was, yeah. So she just kept eating the way she wanted to eat. Did you find that hard, though, being in the house of someone who's eating the way you know, a bit foods that you're like, oh God, I don't want to look at that. You know, like, was that hard? No, that was not a problem for me. My focus was all internal. And it's still like, we still have chocolate in our house because she sometimes eats it. And, you know, but she can buy, buy a block of chocolate and eat one square each day. And, you know, we've who got a block of chocolate. Who are these mythical people? I, know. I don't know, I know. who it's they crazy. are. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. They're like unicorns to me. <laughs> they are. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, our little boy, he gets a little treat every now and then or whatever. It's just, you know, I don't eat that stuff though. And, you know, the focus, if you're focused on the external environment, then you're distracted from where your focus needs to be, I think. Your focus needs to be internal. And, you know, when these, these cravings or these... Yeah, cravings, whatever. I don't. I don't really like the word craving, but I haven't thought of a better word yet. So let's <laughs> let's use that. But you know, if, if there's chocolate around or cake or donuts or whatever, you don't. The donuts, it's an it's an inanimate object. It's not going to make you do anything. You are going to make you do something. So you need to focus on you. That, that's my thought anyway. And if if it helps people to not have junk in the house, then fine. Get rid of the junk, but. You know, that's a that's a good thing, and it could be helpful. I'm not saying keep junk food in your house. If it's if you can get rid of it, then get rid of it. Especially like if I was living alone, there's no way I'd have any of that stuff in my house. But I've got other people living there, and I've got to um, you know make allowances for them. So yeah, that's the way it operates. And it, and if I if thoughts come up that you know there's chocolate there, why don't you eat it? Which that's very, very rare, that thought. Even when I'm looking at it, I don't think about eating it. But, you know, if the thought does come up, then I, I have to think to myself, is, is this a thought that's coming from a place of logic or is it an irrational thought from uh, a, my, um, you know, my monkey mind that's telling me that, you know, life's going to be better if you have that chocolate. You know? It's just it's just lies, you know, so... It's, uh, that's really where it's where the focus has to be is just on examining my thoughts and really um, picking apart the logic of the things I tell myself. Yeah, that's that's just where the focus is. Uh, that's really uh, – I'm just writing down. You said some really good things just then, which I really like, which is about, you know, if you're focusing on the external, you know, you're losing focus of what, you, what you're motivated by in your internal self, which I think is super simple, but I think a lot of people – we are such a society that's like, you know, out there, out there, we want this bag, we want this coat, we want this thing to make to make us feel like we're, like we're whole. And it's the same, I think, with food. You think, if I just have that one piece of chocolate, you know, I'm going to be a complete human <laughs> somehow without taking the time to, to go inward. So I really liked that. And I really liked thinking about it isn't the donut that's like, just eat it, you know, like it's, yeah. it's, it's you doing that. I thought that was really, yeah. it's really great. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's pretty simple really. Like when you can take the time to break it down and really get forensic with your thoughts, you, you start to pick holes in things pretty quick <laughs> and you start to realize that, 
you know, you're being a little bit immature saying that, oh, but I'll just, I'll be happy if I can have some cake. That'll make my day better. No, it won't. <laughs> just stop kidding yourself, people. <laughs> That's very true. So I want to know about a day of eating. Like if you, if, when you're on the Spud Fit Challenge, what, what your typical day of food would be like? And how you dealt, you told, you've explained cravings. So, yeah, it's what your day was like then. And if people were like, you know, what did you do when you were at restaurants or family functions and things like that where it was difficult to eat only spuds? Like Christmas is coming up. A lot of people, even though this will be going to air after Christmas. But, I mean, those types of events where people are feasting on mass amounts of horrendous junk food, you know, processed foods, whatever, or delicious junk food, whatever you think of it. But, I mean, what did you do in those situations and what was your typical day like? Yeah, okay, so the typical, there wasn't, it wasn't really a, a typical meal plan for the day other than obviously potatoes. What I did was nearly all of, pretty much all of my meals were either um, boiled, mashed or baked potatoes. So what I would do is make um, just a big batch of one of those and then, I might make like five or six kilos of mashed potato and then I would eat it until it was gone. And I, I didn't do I didn't do like breakfast, lunch, dinner or whatever. I just eat whenever I feel like eating and stop when I feel like stopping and, and that was it. So some days it would be six meals, some days it would be two. It just and, I, and, and it's important to note also it's not about hunger. I didn't wait until I was hungry. I just, if I felt like eating, I would eat if I, whatever. So... Anyway, so yeah, make a big, big um, batch of mashed or boiled or baked, and just eat it till it's gone, and then do another batch and eat it till it's gone. So it might last three, four, five, six meals, depending on how much I was eating that day, and it might last two days, and then I'll make another batch. What is? Did you have to reheat the mash? This is off topic, really, and just my own curiosity, because mashed potato can be pretty gross when it's cold. Like, did you heat it up each time, or did you eat cold? mashed potato or did you just nail mashed potatoes how you were like this is actually good cold or not <laughs> nah if it was if there was microwave around i would eat it i would heat it before i eat it but if not i just eat it cold it's not like you know it's not it wasn't great but it was like i wasn't eating you weren't you know, eating the, for fun that's right <laughs> that was my whole problem in the, in the past was eating eating for enjoyment every meal has to be you know, this um, extravaganza, this, extravaganza, this um, you know, gastronomic splendor with every bite. And, you know, it was just the whole, uh, a big part of this was, you know, I was learning to get comfort, enjoyment, emotional support from other areas of life. And um, so if, yeah, so if I was making my food in a way that I could get comfort, enjoyment, emotional support from eating these amazing and interesting and delicious potato dishes, then what was the point of the whole thing? Like my point of this was to try to retrain my brain to get comfort, enjoyment, emotional support from other areas of life. So I've got this saying now and it's, um, it, it says, it goes, keep your food boring and your life interesting. So you know, we need these hits of dopamine. We need to have excitement in our lives and enjoyment. But we're better off, well, not all of us, some people are okay with it, but me, I'm better off if my excitement and enjoyment and my dopamine hits and fireworks in my brain and all that, if that comes from other areas of my life, that's more healthy for me. So, yeah, so that was the whole thing. I, I, was, I, was, I wasn't trying to spend a year figuring out the best, most interesting ways to eat potatoes. I was on purpose trying to make my food boring so that my life could get interesting. So there was no seasoning. <laughs> there was seasoning. Probably most of my meals I just had plain potatoes, but I did every now and then have um, seasoning. Like ideally, when I, before I started, I would have ideally just gone plain potatoes, just plain boiled potatoes and that's it for the whole year. That would have been the ideal ultimate. But like I said in the beginning of this podcast was, I had serious doubts over my ability to do that. I really didn't think it was possible. So I decided to um, give myself just a little bit of leeway just to make it a little bit easier. And, and that was to add in occasionally when I was really struggling, I could add in some seasonings or a bit of salt and pepper, maybe some tomato or chili or barbecue sauce or something like that. But keeping them all very, very minimal. And yeah, really um, making it so 
you know, it's just something for a little bit of variety when I need it. But otherwise, I'm really making a, a conscious effort to make my food boring and my life interesting. So that was really, and I, and I had this thought this morning. I was actually thinking to myself because someone wrote to me to ask if they could get a sample meal plan, and I do have some recipes. And uh, but I don't have a sample meal plan. I've I've got this book, which you know people can get if they want. But but it got me thinking that. People are always asking me for sample meal plans and also sample workout plans, but no one asks for a sample thought plan. And this is a, an idea I've just had this morning. Like, why don't we think about you know, a sample, a thought plan, you know, because that's really the important, that's the most important part of our life, you know. We want to sort out our meals and our exercise and our day-to-day activities, but we don't worry about sorting out our thoughts. So maybe we should come up with a, maybe I should come up with a, a thought plan rather than a menu yeah. plan. <laughs> it's, it's funny you say that because with my, like I am not a potato, but mine was just whole food, low-fat, plant-based. Um, but people often ask me the same thing. Can I have a meal plan? Can I have this? And I'm just like, here are the things you eat. Like if you just eat this, you'll be okay. And so a lot of my videos and things are just about like you just need a massive, you don't need a meal plan. You just need a huge why. Do you know what I mean? You just have to have a big why all the time that every time you think about it, you add a different layer to it. Like, And so you end up constantly, I end up constantly just talking about these whys and your thinking. Like that's what you need to work on. Like I can give you a million meal plans, but you need to change you. <laughs> you yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't just, you know, I could write a million meal plans, but there's no, that's just baby stepping, you're giving you a Band-Aid for a problem that's bigger than... Definitely. And I always say that you know, the focus with me and what I've done is understandably, I've got no problem with it, but um, the focus is always on the potatoes. It's all about, cause it, and it's weird. It's a crazy, weird idea. I get that. But in the end, for me, the potatoes were a vehicle that allowed me to, um, to step away from food and create some space in my life to be able to do the internal work that needed to be done to change my relationship with food, my relationship with myself and just my approach to life in general. That's just what it was all about. And um, You definitely need to write the book on thinking plan. A thinking plan. You know, rather than at, at breakfast time, what am I going to eat? How about at breakfast time, what am I going to think? Or what am I going to do? Or, you know, other things like that. But, you know, the, the thoughts you have are more important. Well, no, I shouldn't say more important because, you know, how what you put in your body is is the most important thing. But the way that stuff gets into your body is through your thoughts first. You think about what you're going to eat and then and why you're going to eat it and how you're going to eat it. Like, you know, when you get those thoughts in order, then the physical act of, put, of, of picking up the right piece of food to put in your mouth, that bit gets easy when the thoughts are in order. Mm. It's, I like what you're saying. It's like the inverse of what you said about keeping your food, keep your food boring and your life interesting. Because when your life is interesting, you just aren't drawn to medicating yourself with food. You know, like for me, I really focus on, okay, why isn't your diet working? Your diet's not working because your life sucks, mate. Like yeah. of, of, the <laughs> yeah. best thing is cake in your life. You've, given, you've got this horrible job you hate. <laughs> yeah. You've got this horrible yeah. relationship. You're not having any fun you're not doing anything you used to like doing you're not having any enjoyment in life so i can see why at 9 p.m you want some corn chips yeah add more good things around you and then maybe you'll less need you need to rely on food as some band-aid for your happiness yeah definitely i have this conversation often with the people that are coaching these days and i often get messages from people that go you know this is happening and this is happening and what can I eat? What can I eat now? And, and I'm, I'm often replying to people, change the way you think. You don't need to eat something interesting. You need to do something interesting. Capital letters, do something interesting. Eat something boring, do something interesting. Think about all the different ways you can make your life more interesting through behavior and actions rather than through eating, you know. There's just so many things we can do. And, and, and people go, well, what can I do then? And, and, and I've my first thought is it's sad that people don't know what they can do to make life interesting. Like people have forgotten what their hobbies are and they've forgotten what, what they like to, the things they like to do. And then, you know, a few weeks later after we flesh this out, people write to me, you know, 
oh, I've, I've gone back to ballroom dancing or, you know, I've started sewing again and knitting or, you know. I I've, love I've, it. Yeah, I've, yeah, all these things, are, you know, I've started writing or whatever and it's like, yeah, now we're, we're making progress. You this know? is now soul yeah. food. That's the soul yeah. food. That's it. That's it. Yeah. It, it's so it's so rewarding when that's like, you know, people write to me and say, oh, I lost 10 kilos. It's great. I'm like, yeah, that is great. I'm awesome. Awesome. I'm happy for you. And I'm and it makes me feel good that I've helped someone lose 10 kilos. But when when someone writes to me and says, you know, I've I've got back into this hobby that I haven't done for 20 years, that makes me feel even better because, you know, now we're living. That's yeah, good. yeah, now we're living. <laughs> I had a client yeah. send me a painting she did on one of my challenges and, you know, I'd said to do more fun things. She's this painting that she did after years of not painting and it's just of all the results you get, it's those things when they're like, look what I did, like I made a artwork, you know, like it's just, it's just awesome. I love it's that. It's so good, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the thing and, you know, it's great to be healthy. And it's great to lose weight, but if you're not, if you're sitting around on your bum watching boring TV, what's the point? You're not using your health. So I want to see people using their good health to start living. That's a you know? really great message. Like, what's the point if you're just going to have this miserable existence, but you're going to be really yeah. hot? I'm hot, yeah. but I stay at home doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we didn't get to the social occasions. I forgot. In the beginning, it, I was worried about that. That was a big concern, but I, I, and I sort of shut myself away from the world and was like, I'm not going anywhere because no one will understand. And then, um, and then, basically, I had no choice in it because um, this ended up going viral, and then everybody knew. So then, my approach was um, that I was just going to be totally open and totally honest with everybody, and. So I would go to a friend's place and, and they knew that I was eating only potatoes, but I would go and say, yeah, I'm eating only potatoes and this is why and this is the, the damage that food has caused in my life and, you know, we're Australian and all my friends are, most of my friends are Australian and they're very good at making fun of people because that's sort of a national pastime, so my friends are no different. But I found that when I, when I really... Um, got open and honest with my friends and told them the whole story and just let them, you know, get a glimpse of what life was like for me, um, that they, the jokes fell away and suddenly they just were like, okay, this is serious. We want to support and we want to help. And, and that was just the way it is. And, you know, I think I've, I've helped a lot of people from around the world through this now and they all have those questions. And I say, this is the only way you, you've either got to shut yourself up and don't see anyone, or you've got to be completely, do the uh, totally the opposite and be completely open and just put yourself out there and ask for help and you know when people fully understand how serious this is and how important things are then the jokes quickly stop and people go yeah I want to help you I want to I want to see you improve your life and I I don't want to stand in your way by making jokes and trying to make you eat the wrong thing it's just and if they do do those things if they don't get on board then you've you know you've learned that maybe that person's not someone that you should have in your life if they if they know your deepest darkest secrets that you've been afraid to talk to anyone about and they still make fun of you and try to make you eat the wrong thing well it's time to reconsider that friendship but um i didn't have those situations fortunately i I, everyone just was very supportive and i went to two different weddings where they made potatoes i went to two different funerals where i was served potatoes uh, and every family or event or everything I went to, people made potatoes with me or I, I, I always brought potatoes with me just in case as well. And um, going to restaurants, I just ring, I would always ring ahead. And, you know, restaurants nearly always have potatoes somewhere on the menu, which means they've got potatoes in the kitchen. So if you ring and say, hey, can you boil me six potatoes? That's like, and, and, I'll, and by the way, I'll pay for a full main meal for that. They go, sweet, easy money. How easy is that? We're going to get a full main meal price just for boiling some potatoes. No problem, sir. Come back every day. Like, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's easy. It's um, if you, you know, the obstacles are never as big as you blow them up to be in your mind. It's once you actually go through the process of making these things happen, it's always easier than you think it's going to be. So since then did you find it 
a challenge? Were you scared? First of all, were you scared? Like, well, how am I going to be when I introduce new food? Am I going to go back to my old ways? Or were you just really, really confident that things would be completely different? And what do you kind of eat? eat what do you eat like now? Um, yeah, they're a good question. So uh, I wasn't scared. Um, I think scared is the wrong word, but I, I, I like to say I was wary. That was all. I was confident. When at the end of the year, I was feeling totally different about food than I ever did in my life before that. And I was confident, very, very confident that I would continue, I would be able to continue my uh, healthy eating ways. But at the same time, I was wary that, you know, if, if a thought does pop up that, hey, that donut looks nice, then I, I should go back to, um, yeah, doing, examining my thoughts like I talked about earlier and think, is there a, why am I thinking this about this donut and whatever? And, you know, that's a very, very rare occurrence for me, but, it, you know, it does, it's a very quick thought when it does happen. If I'm walking past a shop and say, oh, that donut looks nice. My immediate thought after that is, no, it doesn't. Don't be silly. And I keep walking. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> But, you know, whereas before that, that could have become a, an argument that turned into, a, you know, a week-long argument until I decided, oh, bugger it, I'm just going to get 10 donuts, you know. <laughs> but but that's, that's not the way it, it works these days. But, yeah, so I was, I was wary of that situation I described but also confident and, um, yeah, and I'm happy with how things are going. And, and how long has it been? Well, I finished it. Uh, I I broke the potato diet on the first of January this year, so it's coming up to a year since. And yeah, things are going well. And what was the other part of the question? Oh, how did I introduce food? So I initially, I I think for the first two weeks, I probably ate broccoli and bananas and potatoes. That was, you know, I had a few days of broccoli and potatoes because I was like, you know, what what food am I going to eat first other than potatoes and you know, I had, a, I had a bit of a party breakfast on the 1st of January where I ate lots of different stuff. But then after that, you know, it was good actually that party because I ate lots of different delicious whole food, plant-based foods. And, um, but I, I was also like, ah, oh, whatever. And afterwards, I was like, that was really good, but I don't need to do that again. And then, then I was like, what food is like the worst food there is? What's that like? <laughs> you know, the worst possible food. It's broccoli. I'm going to go with broccoli. <laughs> so I, I, ate, I ate broccoli. And I was like, yeah, this is okay. You know, since I wasn't trying to get enjoyment out of my food, broccoli still wasn't the best thing. I still don't think it's the best food, but it's obviously super healthy. And since, you know, I'm not trying to get enjoyment out of my food, let's choose a food that's really not enjoyable. <laughs> so I, I did that first and um, went, for a cu- went for a little while of just broccoli and potatoes. And then I added in bananas and then, you know, one by one, I added in more and more things. And yeah, these days I still eat, probably two-thirds of what I eat is potatoes and and then I I still eat broccoli even though as much as I hate to say it broccoli is good for you folks you should eat it and and you should hate it but you should eat it so I eat it <laughs> and um and I eat fruit and beans and yeah and potatoes I still eat a lot of potatoes <laughs> they're delicious they are delicious yeah yeah and the good thing is that if you mix your broccoli in with your potatoes and a can of baked beans then you don't really taste the broccoli that much <laughs> i don't even mind broccoli so it's really funny you're saying this i'm like is it that bad but no. people always talk about that it's, no, it's not that it's not that <laughs> no, bad i shouldn't no, no. say i hate it but in, i know in a, i know, I know yeah. you in the ski that's it's no potato that's right that's it. right yeah <laughs> My husband hates okra. I don't know if you've I had, have okra, had okra, but he hates yeah. okra. I can understand that's that. His, yeah. That's his broccoli. Yeah, he right. thinks that's just yeah. disgusting. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> but if I eat some, if I eat some broccoli, I just have to do something extra fun to make up for it. <laughs> I can eat heaps of broccoli today after this conversation with you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's a compliment, by the way. <laughs> oh, phew, phew, phew. So how? Like, what, tell, tell us some things for people here. You're saying add in stuff. Like, what kind of things have you added in to make your life more interesting? Yeah, good question. So, it's not really, like, one thing in particular. It's sort of a combination of things. But I try to play with my son more than I did before. Like, oh, I got no hesitation in, in saying that I gave 100% of everything I had to being a good father always, including through the worst parts of my life. 
I always gave everything I had. But the simple fact is that these days I've got more available to give. So I make more of an effort to um, play with him and, you know, wrestle with him. He loves to wrestle. And just this morning before we did this podcast, I was chasing him around being a scary monster and trying to eat him. And, um, and yeah, he loves that. So that was good fun. And, you know, I, I try to make more of an effort to you know, make jokes with my wife and things like that. And, um, and I exercise a lot more. You know, exercise is good for fitness, of course, and it's good for health. But it, more than anything, it's good for mental health. And, and I'm a different person, and my wife would tell you the same, that if, if, if I've been exercising for two hours, pushing myself hard and really working, then I'm a different person when I get back. And um, so I really try to make an effort to get lots of exercise done. Yeah, I try to oh, – it's just a whole heap of things. Anything you can think of that's, uh, that makes life more enjoyable, I try to do more of that. I, you know, I spend – when I get a chance to watch a comedy with my wife, we do that. Or you know, I try to see my friends more often than I did. I sort of became a bit of a recluse before where I didn't want to see or talk to anyone. And, and I try to make an effort to see people. Yeah, it's hard to pinpoint a specific thing. It's a whole range of things that I do that try to, try to live life more. <laughs> so the last question I really have is just if you had to give three tips to someone who maybe is going through food addiction or wanting to try this out, what would you say would be your three tips to making a change like this? Maybe not for a whole year, but you know. Yeah, I should, that's a good point, actually. I should say that I'm not here to recommend that everyone should eat only potatoes or for any period of time, let alone a whole year. I think it, it could be a good thing for people to do. That's up for you to decide if you want to give it a try, and it's been a good thing for lots of people, but, you know, there is more than one way to get healthy, and if you can get healthy from eating a whole food plant-based diet, then that's what you should do. That's what I recommend, eat whole food plant-based, but I, I tried that, and I wasn't able to stick with it, which is why I went to only potatoes, so if that's you, then maybe it's something you might want to try. Um, so, yeah, my number one tip is... It's pretty simple, really. It's to always, always, there's no excuse, always have healthy food with you. And for me, it was potatoes last year, and for this year, it's whole food, plant-based foods. But have it with you everywhere you go. So when those times come up, when you want to eat something different, you know, I can recall several times in the beginning of last year where I sat in the car park of McDonald's well, you know, I was vegan, obviously, but I did like McDonald's fries. They're vegan. So I ate lots of those previously. And I would, several times in the beginning of last year, pulled into McDonald's, sat in the car park and went, I am definitely going to get some McDonald's chips. But first of all, I'm going to eat this huge box of potatoes I've got with me. And that was my rule. I've got it. If I, if I, before, I never told myself that I wasn't going to eat any junk food, but my rule was that I could have whatever I wanted as long as I finished all the healthy potatoes that I had with me. And so I would sit in the car park, piling potatoes into my mouth and, um, and yeah, just filling up on them and, uh, and, and thinking I can't wait to finish this box of potatoes so I can go in and get the McDonald's fries. By the time I finished my box of potatoes, I didn't want the fries anymore. So, um, and that happened over and over again. In, in similar situations to that. that by the time I'd filled up on my potatoes, and for you it could be bananas or watermelon or a nice um, lentil curry or whatever, by the time I'd filled up on healthy food, I didn't want the junk food anymore. Yeah, that's the number one tip is to always, always have healthy food with you. And when you want to eat something that's not healthy, finish what you've got with you first. Finish it. No matter how much it is you've got with you, if you haven't finished it, you're not allowed to eat something else. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good yeah. tip. So, yeah, that's the number one. And the number two biggest tip I've got is um, it's about sacrifice. And, you know, people often talk about, you know, I want to get healthy, but I don't know if I could give up cheese. Cheese is the biggest one. But I don't, I don't want to give up eggs or I don't want to give up bacon or, you know, insert junk food item or unhealthy food item here or, or I don't want to give up going to my favorite restaurant or whatever and, and I have this saying now and that is that if you don't sacrifice for what you want what you want becomes the sacrifice there's no choice there's no single-sided sacrifice so it's not you're not choosing between give up donuts or don't give up donuts 
you're choosing between sacrifice the donuts or sacrifice your long-term health and happiness. So that's a really important thought to keep in your mind. That's a really, um, it's a really big thing for me is just whenever you're thinking about, oh, I don't know if I want to sacrifice that, the first thing you have to do is think about what's the other side of that sacrifice because they're, they're never one-sided. So if you don't sacrifice for what you want, then what you want will become the sacrifice. That is so good. And I guess my third thing was uh, what I talked about earlier where, you know, when you're thinking about uh, am I good enough or can I do this or am I going to fail or, you know, what happens if, I'm, if I suck at this, also give yourself permission to think about what happens if, I'm, if I succeed and what happens if I turn out to be really good at this. And, yeah, those are the three biggest things. Um, so, yeah, and if there was a fourth, my, the fourth would be eat a whole food plant-based diet. But uh, for me, I think it's hard to eat a whole food plant-based diet successfully if you can't do those first three things right. I think with food addiction, you know, something like the Spud Fit Challenge is like such a great idea. Well, like I said, it's not for everyone, but... Some of us need to just take some time out from food and, you know, eat when, yeah, eat boring and, and, but also just, it gives you time, you know, when you're, a, when you're addicted to food, you find that every waking moment just about is consumed by thoughts of food. You, you know, you get up, eat breakfast and while you're eating breakfast, you're thinking about what you're going to have for lunch and, and then while you're having lunch, you're thinking about what you're going to have for dinner. And, and in between all those times, you're thinking about the bit of cake that you saw in a shop window yesterday but resisted, but thinking about when you can find a time to go back there and get that cake. And, you know, and it's just you, there's, a, there's a constant internal debate going on when you're a food addict. And it just it rages on and on and on all day. It, for me, at least, it was debilitating. It just took over my life. And to be able to take some time away from that where all of the decisions about food are already made well ahead of time. I don't have to think about what I'm going to have for lunch in three days' time when I'm, you know, or whatever. I don't have to make any more decisions because the decisions are already made and it's so freeing to just have that period of time where you can just chill out about food, forget about it, think about other things in life, eat your potatoes and just live for a little while. <laughs> it's, um, you know, it's hard as well and I'm not, like, it's not an easy thing yeah, to do. Yeah, it's yeah. very, very hard. For me, that first two weeks was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, but so worthwhile for me and, yeah, maybe it'll be worthwhile for other people listening as well. The only way to know is to give it a try, I guess. <laughs> Okay, so that's my last official question. Um, but I want you to talk to to you about now how you're helping spread this message and support people and all those things. So please tell us all about how we can work with you or talk, hear you more of you or where we can find you online, those kinds of things. Yeah, if anyone wants to learn more about me or what I'm doing, then my website, spudfit.com, is uh, yeah, that's the best place to start. And you can look me up on social medias as well if you just do search youtube and facebook and instagram and twitter for spudfit you'll find me and um <coughs> yeah um, um over the course of last year and this year i got thousands and thousands and thousands of emails from people asking questions and wanting help and um so it sort of organically this grew into a business for me and the first thing was thousands of people asked questions and I just couldn't keep up with answering the questions so I decided to write a book so that people would be able to answer the questions for themselves by reading the book and then I wouldn't have to reply to so many emails, it wouldn't take up so much of my life. So that was the first step of, of this and um, and then it grew from there into uh, coaching. What's, what's, the, what's the book oh, called? Sorry, it's called The DIY Spud Fit Challenge. And that's available on my website and on iBooks and on Amazon. Yeah, so that's just uh, basically it's a it's like sixty pages long. It's a how-to guide for um, for doing your own Spud Fit challenge. And there's some recipes in there and and um, lots of the stuff we talked about today. I've written about in there as well. And then yeah, that grew into people that wanted me to help them do. So it was the DIY, the do-it-yourself Spud Fit challenge, and then. Then from there, I got lots of people writing to me to, that wanted me to help them, guide them. So now I've d done that as well. So I've got a 
um, a SpudFit Challenge membership it is, which is also available through my site. And you can become a member and then you get access to heaps of video content as well as um, coaching from me. You know, I, do, I do live videos and I answer every question that happens in my membership section of my website. And, um, and now also, hasn't happened yet, but in February, uh, there'll be the first Spud Fit Challenge retreat. And uh, this is going to air in, in a month or so, I guess. So I don't know if there'll be any spots available by the time this goes live. But um, yeah, check out spudfit.com and yeah, come along. There's lots of other stuff I'm working on as well. I'm working on a proper big book about my, my whole story. And um, yeah, I'm working on a, on a video course on food addiction, which hopefully will be live by the time this comes up. So check out my website for that, and that'll be a, that'll be a big um, month, like 28 day video course. Um, so yeah, I can't really say too much about it right now because it's not all finalised. But yeah, check that out. That'll hopefully be live by the time this goes up. So yeah, but I guess yeah, spudfit.com. That is yeah. super exciting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's life is life is busy with everything that's going on, but you know, I couldn't I couldn't be I couldn't be happier with how how busy I am because you know, life for me is all about trying to help other people to achieve what I've achieved to be able to yeah, make a business. This is a, this is a fledgling business, we'll say. It's um, you know, it's not I'm not able to quit my job just yet, but hopefully one day and you know how how nice to be able to um make a career out of win-win situations where you know I'm, I'm helping people to change their lives so yeah i couldn't think of a better way to spend my time <laughs> thanks so much andrew for taking a pause from your family and work helping people to overcome their own food addiction to speak with me i absolutely loved learning more about your story and i took so much away that i will use in my own life especially i really loved Two things I really loved. If you don't sacrifice for what you want, what you want becomes a sacrifice. I think that that's so, such an easy, simple, beautiful way of looking at life, you know, in any area of life. You know, if you don't work for the things that you want, your hopes and dreams, be it around your health or around your goal, your, you know, your career or whatever, you know, you, you don't, you don't get them. I loved that. So thank you so much just for that alone. I love this interview. And the other thing that I really, really loved was obviously the idea of making your food boring and making your life interesting. I think that that is something that has been lost over the centuries of human existence where we just think that food and those types of substances like coffee, caffeine, all those things, drugs, alcohol, that they're what make a rich life but and food. But it's, you know, so much more to life than just food and consuming, you know, get going and doing stuff, you know, climbing a tree, swimming in an ocean, you know, spending time with family and friends and loved ones, painting a picture, singing a song, dancing, all those things. They're what fill our souls and our hearts so much more than food or alcohol or any other substance or or even a purchase or a thing. You know, things things go, you know. It's the things that we do, the people that we become, people who we love that are so, so important. So, yeah, I really took that away from this interview and we use it in my own life and I'll use it with my own people that I work with every day in my family and children and it was just great so thank you so much Andrew and I uh, next week if you haven't subscribed next week is going to be ah I haven't decided actually but I've got I've got a few interviews to choose from with some great guests a, few, a couple of really great recovery stories from polycystic ovarian syndrome and asthma and also cancer an amazing cancer story with ah uh, one of my heroes who what we is with my, anyway, anyway, I can't decide when to bring the amazing Jeanette Murray Wakelin out if, if it's going to be next week or the week after. But there is just so much goodness in that interview that just overflowed my heart. So if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. If you have subscribed but you haven't yet left a review, please leave me a review or a five star rating. It really helps with the ranking, search rankings on iTunes and Stitcher. So please, that would be so good. Thank you so much for your time and for listening. I 
am just thrilled that I have now like 200 subscribers. <laughs> and it's not very many, but it's like so many more than what I ever thought I'd have. So I'm so grateful for everyone who's listening or who's not listening, but who subscribed anyway. <laughs> and if you like this podcast, please share it with your family and friends, because all I really want from this podcast, the purpose of this podcast is to spread hope like wildfire across the planet. So I really want people to hear it who might have type 2 diabetes, heart disease, stroke, multiple sclerosis, cancer, asthma. There's so many conditions that a whole food plant-based diet can help with. So I want this to reach as many people that may need it as possible. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you again, Andrew, and I'll see you next week. Bye.